women have this problem of not asking for what they think is rightfully them bias or no bias because we think that if we are doing good work people should notice us if we are doing good work praises should come our way if we are doing good work my manager should think about me and my promotion that doesn't happen you have to make your uh, what you want amply clear in as many forums as many discussions as possible proactively talk about your ambition your journey what do you want to achieve do not leave it to chance month of feb is all about love then i always feel the month of march is all about women their stories their amazing spirit to go about other than taxation of course especially in india welcome to absolutely right india's first graphology based leadership show where we talk about people their behavior leadership styles and all of that through this amazing fascinating tool method called graphology or handwriting analysis I'm your host Aditi Surana. I am a behavioral analyst, a high performance coach and a founder of India's first mental gym called Apt. The website is aptmentalgym.com. Today we have a phenomenal leader with 15 years of experience in marketing. She is currently leading creative strategy for Coca-Cola India and Southwest Asia. When she speaks about leadership, she not only talks about what can one do to be the expert in their domain, but also brings in the dynamics between women or what it is like to be a woman leader what kind of unseen unspoken battles you have to fight and what can you do about it let's dive deep and know more about aditi anand's way of functioning leading her teams and also about yourself through the whole conversation around graphology so make sure that you listen to our two new segments called stroke of graphology where i talk about one particular stroke that you can find in your own handwriting to know something fascinating about yourself and second one called coach the coach specially designed for our mid level senior level management leaders who would like to hone their skills of being great coaches because every leader must have coaching skills in order to give feedback in order to learn certain things about their team and most importantly create behaviors that can actually take the organization ahead both these segments are designed specially for you because most of our listeners aspire to be great leaders in the future so let's get ready and get started. Hi Aditi, welcome to the Absolutely Right podcast. How are you doing? Great. Really happy to be here. Likewise. So you being my namesake, this conversation kind <laughs> of add one more layer. We couldn't have found a better person than you to deal with how leadership, especially for women, is kind of different than what it is for our counterparts you know what are the challenges what are the benefits what are the perks what we can do what we cannot do so uh, i have your handwriting sample and we asked aditi to write uh, a paragraph uh, the idea is to write on an unruled paper where whatever you write is spontaneous it is not written by copying something or from your memory it's a spontaneous sample because that's how graphology or handwriting analysis work it works it gives you like that insight into a person's mindset and behaviors by looking at the things that you can see right now so the first thing that came to my mind is when you write your handwriting goes upwards which means there is an imaginary line on which we are writing and that is moving towards the top wherever it starts at you know the degree of upward movement now that shows many people think it's about positivity but that actually shows how enthusiastic you are when you come up with ideas so if you have an idea that you believe in you jump in you really want to do everything in your capacity you get everybody excited about it and it's like an adrenaline rush yeah i mean i think that's part to do also with my profession um and you know marketing can be both art and science and the best of marketing is a combination of both but there is definitely a role for creativity and ideas and that's what really propels businesses forward and when idea strikes then then you have to be enthusiastic and if you are feeling excited about it i mean you know then you are on to something good uh, so i think it's also to do with what i do on a daily basis it's more exciting and not mundane let's be clear that it was not the case it's, you don't do this because you are a marketing professional even as a child you did that as a as a teenager you were always excited about what you believed in 
So I would say other way around, probably because you are that person who gets excited by ideas, this career is a perfect match for you. And what people think is pressurizing and how can you come up with all these new ideas all the time? For you, that is the perk of being in this career. So I think that this is what you thrive on. Yeah, possibly. I've been a very creative, uh, creatively inclined person right from my childhood. So uh, I had an environment where my father, um, he's a poet, he's a writer, he's a journalist, he's mm-hmm. a prolific reader, he still reads a lot, same my mother also. So it was a very academically charged but creatively oriented atmosphere. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of it was like childhood conditioning. <laughs> That makes sense because so many times things that we learn, explore and kind of connect with as kids somehow, and I've been seeing this with so many high performers, it just keeps coming back to our adult's life, adult lives. And we don't believe that that's possible. We don't believe that that's going to happen. We don't choose our careers like that. But somehow you would find that one streak this person is doing because of the exposure. So did you write as a child? I did. I did. I used to write a lot. I used to participate in a lot of these public speaking forums and I used to always be after my folks to write debates and discussions for me. But I was also writing poems, stories, um, prose. So, and then obviously as you keep growing up and your studies start taking over, you kind of lose all of that. But yes, as a child, I was, I was, I used to write. So there's a stroke in your signature specifically where, uh, the the letter D looks like letter S and it also has a formation that what we call flow of thoughts. I also find that in some other spaces in your writing, but anybody with that formation, like eight-like formation in letter S or anywhere the stroke becomes, you know, S formation kind, talks about someone who is constantly thinking about ideas which are unrelated and how can you implement them in your life so two things for sure i can guarantee as i have to use the word uh, if we look at your uh, career every time you feel that you're not growing you're not stimulated you're not learning something new you find a way out you absolutely look at things and you wonder whether you know is it something for me you instead of feeling slightly dissatisfied you jump into existential crisis Like, you know, people may say that I'm irritated with this situation. You would be like, is it really worth it? So it's not like only basic conversation. It is directly the end of it and disconnected to life. Second point is whenever you get worked up, whenever you feel stressed, for you writing creatively or so also indulging, if I may say, into good writing, which is completely poetic, completely driven by describing things in beautiful ways and using, you know, right prose to say that is where you thrive and you can relax. So for most people, relaxation is what they understand as opposite of stimulation. For you, being creatively stimulated is your way of relaxing. Yeah, I would say yes to both the analysis. The first one specifically because bang on if i if i am not growing and if i'm not stimulated it is an existential crisis for me in fact in some of the interviews recruiters have asked me why there are there are a couple of uh, you know jobs which i've changed quickly and then there are some which i've stayed for longer the reason is that the job i mean it's it's a two way contract right you give your you bring your whole self to the role to the job to the company the job and the role also needs to fulfill your personal desire for learning growth satisfaction and if that's not happening just to have that stability tag on your cv i mean time is not going to come back these are the best years of our lives how can we waste them sitting and doing something which where we are not learning, where we are not engaged, not growing. So bang on, yes. And I do tend into, I mean, I become really, really discontent because I think change actually springs from a place of discontentment. Mm-hmm. Uh, not depression, but discontentment. You need to be positively discontent to be willing to make a change because all changes are hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes. <laughs> no matter what you're changing, it is hard for sure. I agree. <laughs> It is hard and like joining a new company, getting to know the culture, the industry, the people, the unsaid rules. It's a lot of hard work proving yourself over and over again. It's not easy. Um, So yes, second one. um, uh, Yes. So two things there. One, 
even to organize my thoughts i do need to write them down so i'm not the kind of person who can you know just build it in my head i have to have it on paper for it to form as you know this is what i want to do or this is what i'm pursuing or this is the agenda and uh, there was a point in time and even now if if i'm particularly feeling very low or very um stagnant then i definitely journal journaling is one thing that really really helps me get perspective more than anything else so you write on both counts donna show if you think i'm right instead of saying bingo you say absolutely right doesn't yeah. it <laughs> got you yes absolutely right <laughs> when we talk about journaling i don't want to miss an opportunity here because we speak a lot about journaling in the community uh during the pandemic when people were going completely anxious about what's going to happen and walking into the unknown we started a 21 day anti anxiety journaling workshop as a social initiative and for 21 days people walked the journey with us and we saw some phenomenal results so give us a story where journaling really made a difference because you know the whole idea of physically writing your thoughts on a paper as a graphologist also i believe a lot in it because the very moment you use handwriting it has a catharsis physical catharsis creating your thoughts which are intangible into the tangible things that you can look at objectively a lot thing lot of things happen there so what is your turning point give us one one experience where journaling was like a savior Okay so um I'll talk about something very recent uh, last year June when the second covid wave hit um I and my family were also impacted badly so I became sick like really badly to the point that I mean you know it was a point that I actually needed oxygen mm-hmm. uh so it was that bad and uh, everybody else in my family uh, came down with covid my dad has a lot of comorbidity so when he came down with covid we were very very worried mm-hmm. uh, not only that actually we also lost couple of very close family members to covid so it was an extremely extremely bad phase at that point in time and uh, when the initial phase of low energy and restlessness and oxygen level came levels came back there were still people in my family who were succumbing to covid at, at that point in time and you know everywhere whether you switch on the news you look at your neighborhood you keep hearing someone or the other you know is really doing really really bad so i picked up journaling again last year and um, i started out with actually first writing every single day one good thing that happened to me that day and right. some days it was as simple as you know i am feeling better today i am still alive because it was actually that bad right. so i am still alive i am feeling better my father is feeling better we we didn't had to actually go to the hospital and slowly by slowly i started writing every day the one good thing that happened and then you know at the end of the week when i used to read it i used to feel good i used to feel positive and from there on i started building it you know on then it became when life started becoming normal again it became more of a weekend thing or maybe on specific days when you're feeling low or high but that really helped you know tied over that phase very very well because i was just going back and reading okay this week these are the three good things that happened for me life is not bad this week these are the three good things that happened so on and so forth so it really really sort of started helping yeah but uh, regular day we do take uh, the fact that we are alive completely for granted isn't it like the the whole idea of like we have all the family members with us they are well we just don't count that blessing we are only focused on things that are not working or stressing us out absolutely absolutely i also during that phase i also started becoming more active on uh, you know linkedin and as a way of expressing my professional thoughts because i was feeling very secluded sitting at home everybody was at home and even that helped me connect with so many wonderful people so i think writing as a as a way to express yourself whether it's just for yourself or it's for the world i think that has the power of connecting people and you know building communities so a uh, lot of wonderful things actually started happening when i got into the groove of writing again and i'm very active on linkedin i i write almost every day i share my professional mm-hmm. thoughts so a lot of great connections made there as well so please continue writing throughout when i was down with covid in jan 2022 i did this the wall mural happened so you know i just like the creative outflows i kind of save you 
but you can't count on them only when you're sick or when you are losing the plot you have to kind of keep on working on it absolutely as absolutely right is india's first graphology based podcast show i feel it's my duty to talk about graphology and teach you things that you have no clue about because graphology as a subject is mostly misunderstood people are like how can it work you know it's like i don't even write nowadays but still the mind body coordination is so accurate that every single time i see a new stroke a new formation a new combination in someone's handwriting it blows my mind and i always feel if i don't talk about it you all would not know how fascinating magical amazing this topic is so just to make sure that you get introduced and in a way also curious about graphology we have the new segment on the absolutely right podcast called the stroke of graphology one of my favorite strokes which is very difficult because there are around 800 strokes and permutation and combinations of that when it comes to analyzing people based on writing but still one of my favorite things to look at is the baseline every time we ask our guest or anybody to write a handwriting sample that we will be analyzing i always ask them to write on a blank unruled sheet of paper and that one rule that one requirement is so crucial because when you write on the unruled sheet of paper your handwriting can go anywhere sometimes it goes up sometimes it goes down sometimes it goes up in the beginning and down at the end of the line sometimes it goes down in the beginning and then starts moving upwards as you progress so all these different formations that you can find only on the unruled sheet of paper can reveal a great deal of information so if you want to check out what your baseline is talking about simply write two three lines on a blank unruled sheet of paper and now let me tell you what it means if your baseline is going upwards that means you are enthusiastic as a person if it is going downwards then it shows that you are dealing with some heavy unresolved emotions and losing enthusiasm in life if your baseline is going wavy which means little up little down and sometimes up and sometimes down that shows that you are confused about your life decisions now the one i want to talk about today which i find extremely fascinating is called the convex baseline which means your baseline almost for the 50% of its length goes upwards and then like a bell curve it starts going down now what does it mean it means the writer is enthusiastic committed truly willing to do what it takes for the project for the ideas for the relationship till a certain point till 50% in the journey till they feel that the external force is working at them there is a deadline someone is following up with them and the very moment that force disappears or the deadline's pressure is gone or reduced they feel no energy to work at that task and then they start losing interest almost feeling withdrawn from the same activity that they were so excited about This trait is truly fascinating for me because every time person shows convex baseline you know that they're going to sit there and think and wonder and question their own intent of doing that activity spending that much time and energy or even spending money in that relationship or that project that they are committing to so their commitment has to be renewed every now and then If you have this trait then think about renewing your commitments or think about small short term commitments that you can constantly innovate and renew every now and then. And that brings me to the next point where if I have to talk about one skill that you bring to the table in every possible role that you have taken over is being an end result oriented leader. So you are creative but you are not creative impractically you're not creative where you go all over the place keeping the end result in mind and then being creative about things is your strength now let me explain why am i saying this so in your handwriting there's a letter a lower case letter t and that letter you cross the horizontal line say around 50% or 60% at times but the way the formation is two specific things to talk about it the letter t looks like a plus sign now anybody with that pointed bottom at the in the letter t is a straight forward person 
they would call a spade a spade they will know that this is not gray this is black let's let's know that this is black you might not say it in a rude manner but if people ask you for an opinion they have to be ready to hear what exactly that color is there is no no uh, mincing words there and second as i mentioned is to be completely end result oriented the fact that it is around 50 60% and it's a plus sign kind of a formation now end result orientation is about knowing why you're doing what you're doing and who will be doing it and getting it done so you have stood on your head to make sure things are done and delivered only because you committed to them please tell us how has that impacted your leadership absolutely you know in in the profession that i am in especially in the creative side of things sometimes because you want the best idea the best marketing campaign uh, you know the best story that you want to tell your people sometimes its creative process is an iterative process and sometimes when people who are perfectionists would not want to settle for n minus 1 version and they lose the essence of time so you might have a great masterpiece but you bring it to market at a time when the story is over the product is launched probably even failed yeah. so, so it's important to uh, to rationalize and balance quality with time in fact during some of the early years of my uh, working uh, the kpis that i actually singularly held were timely delivery of a great quality output that was my kra and therefore i've been conditioned to have the end date in mind and therefore work backwards and then say that if let's say first is when we have to go live with something if whatever is the best that we have let's say from by 25th or 27th is what we roll with there has to be an end date because otherwise i mean the the cost of not having something is more than the cost of having something which is probably not the best wow uh, this lesson is phenomenal please let's talk about it like the cost of not having something is much higher than spending money to do something so what you're saying is done is better than perfect you actually get it done in the right time than waiting for that perfect solution to be out there absolutely tell me i don't us. know what's perfect i mean you <laughs> always improvise your your perfect today will be your second perfect tomorrow so you can always improvise and you should obviously continuously strive for excellence uh, but somewhere you need to hear the wear the pragmatic hat of you know making it in time and launching it because the cost of not being out there is higher that especially holds true for uh, industries which are consumer technology industries where i started out with because if you don't put out the message the campaign the offer the product competition will so the cost of not having the first mover advantage or the cost of not reaching to market in time is much more than maybe not having the best product out there so you can always build on that so plenty of examples actually when i joined coke which is my recent uh, company i i joined in june and we wanted to have a campaign out by august because we wanted to catch ipl and when i came on board i mean there was absolutely nothing so a campaign from the time you close a script for a tvc to the time the tvc hits tell you know media is easily if you are running really at very good speed and perfectionist then it takes 6 weeks we were at a point where the brief that we had given to the creative agency was getting discussed and debated and uh, somewhere in the middle uh, some brain wave came to change the brief where we did have some scripts by using them we would have still hit market in time and there was this divided house that whether we should change the scripts and therefore delay the campaign but if you would have delayed the campaign just analyze and the cost of delay would be higher because these are uh, when you buy expensive media on a property like ipl these are non cancellable spots and one 10 second spot costs you about 10 to 12 lakhs for 10 seconds so if you don't hit market then you are basically losing that money or you put it out for some other brand right. that you have so we said let's go with something which maybe is not the best but we still want to be there so just did a cost benefit analysis and actually took to market the campaign that actually went live not many people were happy with it because it was 
perhaps not the best campaign that we could have done but we still had our games and the you know we still closed the year with all the business objectives tick mark and that was the only campaign that we did in the second half of last year and we actually grew at the back of that so sometimes you do need to make uh, i still hear that you know we could have done better but then business happened if business wouldn't have happened at the back of a fantastic creative it was just like yeah. there was no so the time sensitivity was like the most important thing and you think most uh, leaders get this point or they don't what has been your experience the problem with with marketing and especially advertising is that everybody has a point of view because it's a creative <laughs> so it's subjective right so they will hear they will see something they will like it then they will go back then they will show it to five other people who are past, frankly not the consumer their uncle their auntie their dadi ji who's 85 year old etc etc and come back and give some other point of view which that 85 year old granny has said so it's it's tough to kind of uh, you know defend your creative because it's a lot of subjectivity comes into that uh but that's i mean it's the nature of the job so do you have any do you have any hack there how to deal with it yes the hack to deal with it is to actually um keep reiterating what is the objective why you are doing something and then keep <laughs> supporting it with data is what you delivered so that you can keep subjectivity out of the whole process because this is one area in marketing which which is the most subjective a campaign whether a tv ad was good or a bad whether a creative was good or a bad right. i mean there is no scientific way to judge that if it did a job it was good if it didn't do its job it was bad so data uh, backing it with data but most importantly repeating the point over and over again and reminding people of the objective why we started what we started correct so on that note aditi what is your why do you like are you like driven by your personal why is there any reason why you show up and you do the work that you do i think uh, at the fundamental and at the at the very core i just love what i do so marketing is something that i absolutely enjoy the entire process of looking at a very abstract idea or a or a consumer insight and then translating it into a core creative idea then into a story and finally into into something that actually makes people buy or use a particular service so that so you have to enjoy the process and you have to be wedded to the process uh, that is one um, in my professional journey there are two ways in which you can build your career uh, either you can be and i'm talking more from a marketing perspective either you can be a marketing professional which means you've worked as a marketing leader in different industries different companies different geography or you can be a business professional where you are doing a stint in marketing then probably in sales then maybe in customer service and then grooming yourself to be a business leader and therefore leading as a ceo of a company at some point in time right for me it was never the latter for me it was always the former so i always wanted to be a marketing leader and therefore with every move want to change my industry to another industry learn the codes of that industry so from telecom to e-commerce to consumer durables and now to fmcg uh, the consumer is the same but their expectations from every category are different slight differences in demographics uh, psychographics also but fundamentally the expectation from the category keeps changing what drives a particular category forward or a brand particularly forward in different industry contexts keeps changing and it's this whole learning process and then finally being able to do something after gathering all the learning and making an impact that kind of keeps me going so whenever i have left a company it's because either i was not learning or i had created the impact that i could create and there was nothing new or fresh or more that i thought i had to kind of offer i could offer to that organization which is why i moved and i think it's that whole process of starting from zero and building it up then starting from zero building it up where you're also building yourself in the whole process right. you're learning something new and then you're creating impact that's a very very exciting one for me so that's my personal why so has it ever happened that you believed in the creative a lot but you didn't believe in the product lots of times uh sometimes products are really uh, bad and we expect 
marketing because marketing is where you're spending a business is spending money it's the biggest cost center in an organization right. so we expect great marketing to make up for a for a really bad failure product and that's never going to happen because the product has to be great marketing is just communication and packaging and promotion and all of that it's positioning but fundamentally the core has to be good so it has happened i won't name the organization but it has it has happened where the product was bad marketing was phenomenal so all the marketing metrics brand metrics got delivered but nothing happened on business or the business moved but then there was a lot of negative sentiment when people actually used the product so part of the game <laughs> So, Aditi, over to you. What questions can I answer? Looking at your writing, and you know, how can we make our conversation into a coaching session? Great. So, um, I, I think great analysis and so much on point. Uh, it's absolutely right. Whatever <laughs> you you have spoken about, uh, but tell me from my writing, what do you think is is inhibiting me from unlocking my complete full potential or what's holding me back and how can i remove it the first step is to know what's holding me back and then how do how do i remove that so the the idea of full potential as you said like the idea of perfect will evolve and it will evolve throughout your life and it does for all of us not everybody is aware of it but let's begin with knowing that you are extremely aware of it and i'm saying that because you know as a person you are emotionally very available to other people and there are moments where you are completely unavailable so we call this as a variable slant in the writing sometimes it moves to the left sometimes it moves to the right and when you have a variable slant it talks about your emotions going or being pulled in both the directions the fact that you can hold logic and emotions together is also that you know this is the the core of that behavior that you get benefited by but when it comes to relationships people managing teams there are things where emotionally you do get triggered by and they linger and they linger for a very long time so you have learned how to live with them and you know kind of deliver no matter what and process this later so what you mostly do is like okay i i can't process it right now i'm going to look at it and i'm going to deal with it later and you are really good at it so you don't miss on your deliveries and all of that but keeping something hurtful is almost like keeping a wound and just pulling your sleeve down saying that i cannot address it and i will it still impacts and the bruises uh, you know take longer to go or it, it takes longer for you to let go of those emotional experiences they are very very intense like that also you're very sensitive so you do absorb a lot of emotions that other people can ignore other people can see through you can't now the very moment you know this about yourself the fact that you can be aware of it we must work on the idea of trigger reactions and response if you don't look at your triggers objectively they will keep coming and you will keep dealing with them with this one simple method of ignoring it for time being and then dealing with them even when you deal with them later it's more over coming to terms with it it is not doing anything so that your triggers won't impact you in the future right so it's following the same cycle over and over again mm. and not changing the direction there because it requires intervention it requires you to sit down and probably look at it in a different manner and perspective building you might do this very well for other people because as you know so many people love coming and talking to you sharing their emotions and you are a great uh, mentor for that matter also a coach who would like look at things and bring in different perspective for them but you do not have the same process for yourself so i highly recommend that start bringing perspectives and do not ignore these issues because there are many of them which were not addressed and now you have kind of you know started living with it and you do not even think about it but that's not necessarily a good idea yeah i think uh, linked to that is a fact that uh, whenever there is a whenever something happens which uh, to which you have an emo- you are having an emotional response i think the way while you may put it aside etc the way to solve it is to then have that not so pleasant conversation with the other person who's 
triggered those emotions and for me having an unpleasant conversation is something that i doesn't come naturally to me it's something that in which i need to put in a lot of effort to have an unpleasant conversation with somebody um, and therefore there's this whole conflict avoidance trap that sort of sort of builds in when you are stuck professionally in a situation with someone whose working style and values do not align with yours i mean there is a fundamental disconnect at that level uh, how do you like you can make it work but it is a very stressful working relationship it's not something that allows you to get the best out of that work experience or it's not fulfilling so how can you lessen the damage in situations like these that's a great question because i genuinely feel that you know we can choose an organization but choosing an entire team is not in our hand so whatever comes with choosing the organization is inevitable and until the person chooses to leave you have to live for that period of your life with them now how do you reduce the damage one of the most uh, effective things i have tried with many people is asking yourself is it okay if i disagree with this person is it okay if she or he disagrees with me and you're like no but this is fundamental or whatever you're considering fundamental is also your opinion whatever they consider as fundamental is their opinion now more we kind of get to like fundamentally we don't agree on this way of going about it is a subjective idea you know and as you said going back to why you started going back to looking at okay so if i want to achieve the results i want to achieve also emotionally it is not different you know with other results you can track it easily with emotions and relationships and team building because you can't track it exactly with data supported uh, information we feel it's different but going back and say but why did i start what is my objective so they might bring some interesting bullshit on the table but that doesn't mean you have to agree or buy or align with it but also that means that you don't have to disagree fight and judge them every single time so because you are a straightforward person a lot of energy is you know unknowingly consumed by but this is unacceptable so every time i feel that way or i have seen people who are amazing leaders they kept talking about tolerance to things that you cannot stand so people who bring that and if they aggravate you in a certain way they just show that you still do not have that level of tolerance to their opinion you know the kind of fashion which was loud 20 years back is now acceptable and people thought oh my god this person is wearing this because they they want to like you know full attention but every third person is wearing that at least in the urban setting so it's not necessarily the fashion has changed is about our perspective changing and now we are more tolerant to certain things that we were not so i think a lot of it and uh, tolerance or patience is not your strongest suit so i would say there's something some work is needed on that area because when you're committed you will take everything in your capacity to be there and deal with it when you are not convinced or if you think that other person is wrong again you do everything in your capacity to save the project from them to save that situation by by you know making sure that they would not impact it in a certain manner now all these things will lead to the amount of stress that you're talking about so yeah great something to think about and introspect on yeah. thank you as our listenership is becoming more about aspiring leaders and existing leaders this was only natural for us to start a new segment called coach the coach because every leader must learn how to coach other people how to coach their team how to give negative feedback but has it happened to you that that confrontational conversation breaks you down and all you do is avoid it uh try not to have it or use other people to give that message and if you agree with me all these techniques lead to messier chaotic situations if you want to avoid it here is a small hack as a behavioral analyst and also as a coach it is my professional duty to give negative feedback but as you can imagine it's anything but easy because who will bell the cat who will tell the leader the ceo the most important and also successful person in the organization that you know 
you are wrong or you are incorrect or you need to change something about it so over a period of time i have worked really hard in building that skill and here are a few things that you can do first of all every time you get into a negative conversation start your conversation by saying something like we're going to have this uncomfortable conversation today and i really do not know how to begin because it is tough no matter how i think about it or how much i have rehearsed it it's not easy for me to have this conversation and i believe that might be true for you too but it is important that we have this conversation because if we don't we won't be able to find a solution so if you can help me make it easier for all of us if you can tell me how we can get to the solution as fast as possible probably it will become slightly easier than it would be now setting all this context helps the other person be part of your team instead of being against you second point is do not attack the person i know you might be angry upset that negative thing that the person is doing or their behavior is annoying but if you bring in all these emotions all you will get is a person who is defending themselves a person who would only be on guards and you don't want that that's not comfortable that's not fun if you want the person to be open to the conversation instead try making it about the problem that you can solve be focused on how can we you and i make it better instead of saying what you should be doing it also helps if you give an example about a mistake that you committed it allows the other person to put their guards down and look at their mistake also sets the tone of the conversation about accepting celebrating and probably laughing at mistakes that we make that is definitely safer for actual difficult conversation try all these techniques and tell me how your conversations became smoother than ever coaching is such a powerful experience that while working with individuals even with organizations so much can be brought to a forefront by simply coaching the people in a correct manner if you want to know more about my coaching work the website is aditisurana.com let's get back to aditi anand the creative strategy leader for coke india and southwest asia the more you do the more you are put in stressful situations tough situations with tough people you just learn how to swim so nothing gr- more to grind is where the growth is so uh, you know we were talking about when before we started the conversation what do you think that other women leaders can learn from your journey and from your grind what could be like you know three things that you would advise them on things to keep in mind first highly likely that as a woman leader you will be subjected to unconscious bias uh, people may not want to but sometimes even they don't realize okay. uh, the the way to fight is fight it is that if you think that the other person's response to you is coming from a position of bias but they are not saying it you put it out on the table and clarify it i have suffered because i have not done it in my life and now when i look back i think that that my boss's reaction or ex person's reaction to me was because they had this fundamental bias against me and i was sensing it and i should have brought it up and cleared the air but i did not i took that as my operating truth i had recently moved to another organization and i had moved out of delhi and at that point in time my husband got an opportunity in dubai so he moved out so my boss assumed that i will quit because if my husband has moved then i will follow which was not the case uh and therefore there were certain things that he should have given to me certain projects which he did not and when it came up in the appraisal uh i told him that you know you did not give me abc things and and that's when he said but i thought you would be looking out and moving out very soon and i said no uh, that was not the case but then i actually uh worked backwards to make his bias the operating truth because i did move out because i felt wrong and judged but i just feel now in hindsight that a better way of doing it is that when i felt that i deserved something and my my boss was not giving it to me because probably he had this bias because it was coming up in informal conversation i should have just scheduled a meeting with that person and told him that probably this is what you are thinking about me and let me assure you that i'm not thinking about quitting i would want a better role a media project whatever that was 
and that was just a very simple solution to this problem wow. now i know after 10 years this is what i should have done at that point in time i didn't know so so unconscious bias is a reality um if you're sensing it and the other person is not speaking about it openly please address it and openly talk about it and clear the air so that you get what you deserve uh again linked to this women have this problem of not asking for what they think is rightfully them bias or no bias because we think that if we are doing good work people should notice us if we are doing good work praises should come our way if we are doing good work my manager should think about me and my promotion that doesn't happen you have to make your uh, what you want amply clear in as many forums as many discussions as possible proactively talk about your ambition your journey what do you want to achieve do not leave it to chance now as you're speaking about it aditi i'm like oh that's applicable to your relationships too girls like think about it also for for men but you know like you have to be exactly that's so important and mostly you think that this will work out but it does not it does not um and i think the third thing i would say uh, would be to uh, to just keep uh, because women are and again I- i'm making this with a little bit of a caution but most women tend to get emotionally charged or are, are more emotional as we are made as human beings than men so it's it's important to to recognize that sometimes we can become more emotional while having difficult conversations and and keeping our emotions in check because sometimes what you say gets subdued in how you say it and the how becomes bigger. the take away the bigger so so as women we just need to keep slightly be more aware that that having tough conversations we too tend to become emotionally charged and that gets perceived in a completely different way so just keep the emotions just be aware of your emotions i would say uh, i i am reminded of something really funny so you know i as a coach i give a lot of feedback but in one of the conversations i was staying in hyderabad and i was talking to my house help and i said said that didi apne you know you didn't do this and you could have and whatever and she just got startled when i said that and i looked at her and i'm like uh, no i'm just saying it. nothing like i'm not like trying to correct you with you know like authority i just i didn't use these words but i'm like i just i just wanted to say that next time do it i said okay okay and i could she see on her face that she was scared then i was talking to somebody uh, in my family and i'm like you know this happened and i don't know why she got so startled and uh, i think i was talking to my sister she said oh you must have done those eyebrows I'm like what? Yeah, you do that thing that is extremely scary. I'm like, what are you talking about? And she said, yeah, you knit your eyebrows in a way, Aditi, that can really make people uncomfortable. And that was the first time, and I think I'm talking about like 2019. That the first time I realized that I have an expression that that can give a wrong signal. So you know what you're talking about. Sometimes it's not what you say. You might be politically correct. you know absolutely diplomatic absolutely saying the thing in a manner that you should but still because of your emotions escaping you or giving that so that feedback from other people that you trust about was i emotionally out of line did i make you feel uncomfortable do you think i was aggressive really can help you look at things in a in a different manner so yeah absolutely right so <laughs> Before you, leave, <laughs> before you leave i have only one question to ask so when we look at your career growth when we look at your interactions with women leaders or women teams do you think women have a different bias for other women it actually depends i have seen uh, both kind of women uh some who actually promote and support other women leaders as well as women in their team so again i'll quote a personal example i was interviewing for a job my boss was i, I finally ended up taking my that job my boss was also a woman leader and we were discussing compensation and she said you know you are on the higher side but i know that men and women sometimes don't get paid equally even when they are doing the same kind of jobs and it is my mission that in my team all women should be paid at par with men 
my so, god yeah and she actually uh, she actually went to quite a distance to ensure that i get a salary which was you know though yeah my counterpoint part would have got so uh, so there are women who are supporting other women who genuinely want women to grow and blossom and giving all the support but then there are also women who kind of tend to pull other women down so there are both kind of women i think the former are more than the latter i would say and that's what makes it like a really interesting time to be in there i have been fortunate to be in organizations where there were a lot of women role models and i worked with a very few like like few very senior women leaders uh, who were my direct bosses so i have learned a lot in terms of how they conducted themselves because they were also getting subjected to the same kind of unconscious bias that i feel right so how do they navigate situations like this how do they stand up and speak in a boardroom full of men and especially when you have to defend marketing and all the sales guys are typically very very aggressive male colleagues how do you how do you navigate such difficult conversations while retaining your cool composure fact logical arguments so i think it's important to have a lot of women role models i've been fortunate to have this amazing uh, but yeah uh, that that would be my answer to this question okay so i think on that note uh, thank you aditi for being part of this wonderful conversation i think as women until we don't take charge until we don't say what we really require in a situation and then make it happen it's not going to change and i i feel that was a great takeaway for any leader any woman for that matter you know you have to really stand up for yourself thank you thank you so much for being part of this wonderful conversation thank you so had a great time thank you so much for joining me one more time on absolutely right podcast every single week we talk about new things that can help you discover and most importantly accept yourself for who you are i hope this conversation got you thinking about some aspects of your own thinking and behavior if so then please take a moment to rate our show on apple or spotify it would help other people discover us If you have a friend or a family member who might learn something new about themselves through these conversations then do share this podcast with them too. Having said that, if you think that you are ready to take your journey of self-discovery or self-improvement to the next level and build what I call high performance mindset, then do check out India's first mental gym called Apt. The website is aptmentalgym.com. Every month we do one or two workshops where I talk about how a mental gym can add value to your life because like your physical workout you also require mental workout and it's only a matter of hygiene that we do that. Do check out the website and keep in touch my email id is right w r i t at aditisurana.com. I'll see you next week on Wednesday with one more episode of the Absolutely Right podcast. Till then, happy writing.